What's up, family? You're listening to the Don't Kick My Cones podcast with Coach Brown. It's the official podcast of the Highland Park Senior High School football program in St. Paul, Minnesota. All right, so we are now talking about Central Week. And anybody who's been around the program for any period of time in the last 50-plus years knows Highland Central is a big game. And um, we're going in 2-1. and one. Central's coming in 2-1. and one. We're all kind of ready to go, right? So... Um, it's setting up for some drama. We're down um, a player. You know, Shawan easily gets hurt during the game. He's a he's a big part of our game plan, really good running back of ours. And now we're having to face um, another issue. One of our players gets suspended in the Johnson game, and I'll talk about that. And so we have a suspension that we're dealing with with another offensive lineman. We have an offensive lineman that's coming back from injury. We now lose Shawan, and we're going into one of the biggest games of the year. And we got to figure out what's the game plan um, to make sure we get out of there with a win. So stay tuned. Don't kick my cones. Don't kick my cones. Don't kick my cones, dude. So we arrive to the central game. And by arrive, I mean to the week of the central game. And we are arriving not fully loaded. And... If anybody knows anything about rivalry games, it actually doesn't matter what your record is or how talented whichever team is. Is Everybody's up to play that game. And it makes it fun, but also very challenging to get everything to work out right because there's an emotional component. There's an emotionality to rivalry games that kind of goes beyond logic. And it's not just players. It's parents. It's alumni. I mean, the number of alum that were at that game, that were sending me photos, that were, um, you know, online online smack talking to the the alums of the <laughs> of Central. You know, um, it matters to a lot of people, and it's sometimes very challenging as a coach to manage all of that because, like, on the one hand, like, yeah, it's a big game, it's important, it's a rival, and also it's just one game that we have to win for sure, but. We can't put so much emotional and physical and psychological resources into it that we crater out for the rest of the year after that game happens. And so it's this balance of treating the rivalry like it's important, making it serious, taking it seriously, and also diminishing the emotionality of that experience, robbing it of the thing that will deplete our team and not allow us to compete for the remainder of the season. And I'll say, you know, I'd seen it before, right? Since I'd been here where our best games of the year was central. And then we kind of showed a steep decline following. Um, And so it was one of those things of like, how do I make sure that we understand that the the musket game is important, that um, we win the game, but that we also don't put our whole heart and soul only into this game and forget that we have a whole half of a season to go in the playoffs to get into and and we have a team that is good enough that can to make a run I don't know how far but we can run and so you know we have to always be measured um, and so you're coming into this game that is already kind of emotional that is already challenging and then now we lose Shawan in the Johnson game Um, He has a big run. He shakes off a tackle in the backfield um, on an outside zone. uh, Gets about 20-something yards. um, Takes a hit that was just awkward. and He lands funny and ends up injuring his leg. 
Um, he ends up leaving. At first, they weren't sure what the symptoms were, and it presented weird enough. They were like, we're going to be cautious, and they take him out in an ambulance, but he ends up being okay. Um, and he's technically cleared to play, but there ain't no way in a ham sandwich. We are about to put him back on the field. Um, three days after he left it in an ambulance, it's just not going to happen. And so, you know, we decided to sit him and, and make sure he went to his therapy appointments and made sure that we brought him back slow because, you know, like everybody else, you know, we have a long season and we want to make sure that he's ready to go and that we're not setting him up for another issue. And then during the Johnson game, uh, Max, um, there's a guy who's cheap shotting him, pulling his face mask, all that kind of stuff. And, and ultimately what happens is, you know, Max is a human and part of being human is you're protecting yourself. So he retaliates eventually from this guy doing it. And of course, they always catch the second person. And um, the other guy gets ejected, Max gets ejected, and then the rules, if you get ejected from one game, you also can't play the next. And so now we're going into our rivalry game without, um, you know, one of our top running backs and without our top guard, right? And, um, <laughs> like, you know, we were already a little bit shorthanded because, um, you know, Will had gotten hurt, and like I said, it was a short time, but... You know, we didn't know he's going to be back. He, he did come back, but he wasn't full speed. You know, he wasn't full strength. And so we have, you know, a sophomore who is new to our team. We have a junior who is kind of already playing out of position. Um, you know, and we have our center and our tackle that are solid. But we're really playing kind of um, out of position and without our top people. Um, and we're going into a team that is highly motivated to beat us. <laughs> they are very highly motivated to beat us. Um, they hadn't beat us in the three previous musket games. You could tell by their warm-up, they were on fire, they were lit up to play. And so we had to get that figured out. So that's the where we are right at the beginning of the game is where the warm-up is. So let's go back to the week of practice because I think it's, uh, like I said, it always provides context. So um, just like the Johnson week, our first week of practice is, um, our first practice of the week um, is awful. So we, we have a mental day on the Monday. <clears throat> Then we do um, our practice on Tuesday, and it was just so bad. I really did just make us stop practicing, and um, because we had about 20 minutes left to go in the practice, I just made them condition. Because like we, our practice is usually conditioning. We practice really fast, and we never stop moving. So um, we're usually in pretty good shape. Like we, I don't think we've ever had a game where the other team was in better shape than we were. Like they are cramping, and you know guys are going down, and they're they're bent over, breathing heavy, and we're fine. And um, so we practice really fast and really hard. Um, but when we have to cut down 20 minutes of practice, you know, I had to run them. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. Um, but it had to happen if we were going to be prepared to play uh, on, on Saturday. So, you know, I run us at the end of the practice. I basically expressed to them my frustration about their lack of focus. Um, you know, we talk about, like, hey, how they're, when they're unfocused, they're dangerous. People get hurt. And so that's why I stopped our practice because I didn't want us to get hurt. We were kind of in la-la land a little bit too much. And football's not a game you can get lost in. Not without being injured, you know. And so, you know, we, we have our no sweat day the next day and we watch film and, you know, I'm impressing upon this to them. Um, you know, we have a, a really awesome uh, parent who's also a teacher um, who does some some training for our players during our study hall time on academic things like how to um to join our post-secondary education office where they can get college credit um all those things and you know she does a really good job her name is uh, camilla carroll and she does a really good job of helping our players like we have a good process going guys do homework they get some training by miss carroll 
um, we watch some film. It's a solid day. Like if you lock in, you get a lot done in a lot of different spheres of your life. So we come back Thursday and we have a, what I would consider to be a championship caliber practice. I mean, we're running fast. It was physical. We didn't have, like we actually had to pull some sessions back in terms of intensity because guys were just hitting. I mean, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a joke. People just running hard, doing what they had to do. Um, it was a good practice. They had fun. You could tell when we broke it down for practice, the whole team's cheering and they're running over to the uh, end zone where we do it. We always are in the end zone when we, you know, are excited. And it's um, it's just a really good moment. And we talked about how much better does it feel to practice well, <laughs> you know, um, because I think everybody wants to feel ready. So then comes Friday and, and it's a, it's the most challenging of the days, um, the day before the game, because if you didn't have a good week, you really want to practice again, like have a real one, even if you're not hitting that much. You want to have a real one because you want to make sure that it's cemented and we just didn't get a they were feeling good that day. And then we're back to square one on the next day. Um, but you also don't want to get anybody hurt. And um, anybody who knows me, I'm going to always err on the side of being more aggressive than being more passive. Um, and so we practice now. That doesn't mean I made it like, hey, it's just full go. We're doing things, but we are getting to our gaps we're being physical when we get there and then we're gonna blow the whistle a quick whistle nobody goes on the ground that sort of thing and so we're having a good practice offense is running well defense is running well it's it's you know we're kind of humming along and then we get kind of through and practicing one of one of our top safeties uh in a, in a routine kind of play runs the alley like he's supposed to we have an outside run going and um just makes an awkward hit and ends up breaking his nose and um, of course, everybody's like, what? <laughs> you know, and we're just like, how in the world does that even happen? Um, now, some of that is like the hit was high and it was like straight on and instead of like, you know, low and at the hip like we talk about. Um, but it still was just one of those ones where it's like, it's just not something that happens in practice. Um, and it's very rarely happens in games. You know what I mean? Very, very rare. So, um, so now we're like, okay, what are we going to do? So he has to go to the emergency room and we're going to try to figure out what are we going to do if he can't play. He can. We'll talk about that later. But... Um, that's what we're faced with all of a sudden. So I know our defense coordinator probably wants to strangle me, right? Because he's just like, why are we practicing? But for me, it's like, you practice because you got to get ready. And because we had a mental day Monday, a trash practice Tuesday, we had no sweat Wednesday. Um, and we only had one good practice. There's no way that I could, as a head coach, feel like I'm making the best decision for our team to not have us practice at all. Um, and just do a walkthrough. I just don't trust that. I don't trust that. Like, if we're college guys, it's a little bit different, but these are high schoolers, and, and really it's day-to-day -day with them. Like, where they are mentally, emotionally is a day-to-day -day process. And so, you know, you have to kind of manage it day-to-day -day and not just kind of fall to routine. So anyway, we get into the game. We find out he can play. We're good to go. Um, and we're warming up, so we get there early. I'm big on getting there early and doing like high quality walkthroughs trying to teach our team how to how to walk through and mentally prepare for games like walking through what are the plays that we work through what are my reads how do i need to line up how do i need to make sure i'm solid on what i need to do right that's the the power of a meaningful walkthrough and so we get our walkthrough we're fine you know we're doing our thing um central comes out they come out and they're all black we wore our, our all white uniforms it's a you know, it's a, it's already setting up to be like, okay, well, this is the polar opposites game in every single way that you can do it. You know, they're loud, you know, they're, they're cursing, talking about how they're going to knock us all out. And, you know, my quarterbacks are over there warming up and we're all just kind of smiling because you're like, man, like I call that peacocking. 
um, I'm sure I've brought that up in other times, but I don't like peacocking. I tell our team don't do it. You know, they came out and they're clapping all loud and they're running through the drills and they got their, they're cursing the players. They're dancing in front of the coaches. You know, they're just doing all this stuff. That's just like, it's not how we get down. And, and you'll, and if you were on the sideline, you heard me say this a million times. Like we're not them. They can do whatever they like. We don't mirror them. We don't react to them. We're not them. We're us. We do things the way that we do it. We don't worry about our opponents. And so, um, you know, and, and you could tell there's some guys who want to get fired if they want to jaw back. And I'm just like, we're not, no, 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 no. We, we don't peacock. We go play. You talk with your pads. You talk with your play. You don't talk on the sidelines. Um, warm-ups is not where the game is played. Nobody's ever been like, oh, man, this guy, you see how well he warms up? Like, it's not how you get awarded in state. There's no all-state warm-up guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's really important for us to be like, don't get caught peacocking and acting stupid, right? Like, get yourself ready and let's go play. So now we get to the opening kickoff. They kick off the ball. You know, we have a pretty good kick return. We get it out to about the 40, almost the 50-yard line. Again, like I said, we're just we're a dangerous unit now. We just um, we expect to be good on kickoff return. We expect to be good in our special teams. And and now guys really do. They really put the work in. And we didn't get all the blocks we wanted because we got all the blocks we wanted. It had been it had been on again. <laughs> but we you know we are we're we're taking care of the ball and doing what we had to do. So you know we get we get. You know, we're starting at the 40 or whatever it is. I don't remember what it was. but And um, we go three and out. Not a great drive. Um, you know, they're really keying on Melvin. Um, you know, they're, they're doing all the things that you would kind of expect them to do. Um, oh, and so I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. So they, we kick off. We kick off. We're the first time that we actually kicking off to our opponent. They do the kick return. We run down there. We're fine. We, we cover. We're, we're a good cover team. Um, they walk our defense down the field. They walk our defense down the field. Um, score. And this is rare. I mean, nobody does this to us. And so I think it was a, somewhat of a rare occurrence and a rare experience. Um, so they, they walked down. So then we get the ball back on the kick return. We get it back to like the 40. We go three and out. Not good. So I, I missed that first drive. Sorry about that. So we go three and out. Not good. You know, it's, and it's, it's not because they did anything. I mean, when we watched the film, it was literally like we just chose not to execute on kind of key plays. Like one guy misses a block. Um, but if the defender didn't force the miss, we just didn't block him. You know, there's a big difference between, you know, he beat uh, one of our offensive linemen and we just couldn't do anything about it. Um, and so this goes like this for the for the first half. Um, defense is kind of reaching. They're not really tackling. They're just kind of grab guys. And, you know, I mean, these dudes got the battery pack in their back now. It's, it's the rivalry game. They've lost in three years. A lot of these guys are seniors. They're trying to get the win. I mean, I, I have a great respect for how they showed up. You know, they were not trying to lay down for us. You know, they, they, they were ready to go. And so, um, you know, we go through. They uh, So it's 7 nothing, And we're going through this first half. Our offense puts up 70 total yards. Now, our offense is putting up 300 yards almost a game now, like just routinely. Even in even in our loss to Kennedy, we, were, we could move the ball. We just weren't getting in the zone. Um, and in other teams, we're just – eating up chunks of yards, rushing the ball, throwing the ball, we're fine. And so, you know, Central put the clamps on us, you know? I mean, we talk about this all the time, right, with our DBs, like we strap them up. Um, and there's some games where we didn't even just strap them up, we put them in the car seat, and that's what Central did to us. They put our offense in the car seat. Like, it wasn't even just a, a seat belt, <laughs> you know? We were fully clamped down. We just weren't executing, weren't doing a good job. We had open guys. I mean, there was one play where all five receivers were open and we didn't complete a pass to any of them. You know, and so it was just, we were not doing well. We were on a different page. Monair um, said it to the Pioneer Press guy after the game. It was just, we were playing as individuals. This was not team football we were playing. And so um, we go in, 
we're going into the halftime and one thing that i noticed was about five minutes left like uh central had kind of throttled back they had stopped really trying to get the ball in the end zone and i struck that as peculiar because i i, I mean i think you know if you're you're at home you got your rival on the ropes you're up seven um you got five minutes to go like i'm thinking you're on attack mode and you're trying to bury us that's what i would do right and I noticed that they're not trying to score. So, you know, look, every, coaches look for anything to, um, anything to like get you some bullets and board stuff. And uh, I noticed that. And so I go tell the team, I was like, did you guys notice what happened at the end of the sequence there? Like you're down seven, they're running all over you. And, and we're at the end of the game, at the end of the half, and they're not trying to score. That's interesting. Don't you find that interesting? Do you think that's a team that looks like that is acting like they can run you off the field? Because that's not the demeanor of a team who's trying to, who's trying to bury you. And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, so what that probably means is that we have a better opportunity than we realize <laughs> um, to come back on these guys because I think they're trying to get out of this game. You know, they're they're happy with the lead they have. And they're just trying to escape. And we're not trying to escape. We're trying to we're trying to take the win. And so I even told them, I was like, we're going to win this game just because of that. Is that they, they're trying to escape and we're trying to take the whole thing. And so we come out and um, after the... We, we received the ball, um, we actually received the ball, not me, my mistake at receiving the ball. We actually received the kickoff, um, run it back to like the 30. No, no, I actually think we lose it. Yeah, so we run back to 30 to 25, or I don't remember what it was. Um, oh, you know what? No, it was a touchback because we ended up not feeling the ball correctly. Um, we talk about it in film, so I won't embarrass nobody, but when you feel the ball correctly, it's a touchback. And we come out and um, quarterbacks uh you know we we have one of our plays on that is like a high low of the safety quarterback throws it to a receiver hits both his hands um he gets hit it bounces off um into one of the linebackers hands they have the uh, the ball on like r25 or r20 yard line and we're like crap <laughs> right their offense goes punches it in and scores now it's 14 nothing and we're just like man all right we we're gonna have to get our lives together <laughs> if we're gonna do anything and what I should say, one of the things they did in the first um, the first half, and I think it was actually in the, the second quarter. Um, yeah, I think it was like, I don't remember which quarter it was. But anyway, it was the first half. We were we had the ball in their three and didn't score. They, they'd shut us out, and that just gave them another lift, right? So we are, we're in this game. We're firmly getting smoked right now, right? We uh, are not playing good ball. We're grabbing on defense. They have a 14-point lead. And we just came out of a half where we matched a total of 70 yards of offense. I mean, this don't look good. And, and look, I and I know at this point, you know, nobody's giving us a break on it. Um, nobody's giving us a break on it, right? Like, you know, the fans ain't happy. You know, our student section, I love them because they were still in it. But, you know, there's fans that ain't happy. There's parents that ain't happy. There's alumni that are like, what is going on? You know, I had one person I'm a good friend with that was just like, look, I thought it was over. And I was like, yeah, y'all did because y'all don't y'all don't know what's going on with us. Right. So um, we we get out. We ended up um, putting together a drive. It ends up stalling. So the defense at, at this point on the second half, the defense really starts putting the clamps on central. They can't really do much. And we're getting the ball back and they're starting to force turnovers. They end up forcing three turnovers in that game. And I'll talk about one. But we end up driving. We get down, we get down pretty close. Can't punch in the score. Um, quarterback kind of dirts the ball instead of getting it to a wide open receiver on a play that was designed for that moment. Hurt, hurt all of our hearts, I think. Um, but what happens after that is um, we send our kicker Mia out, and Mia goes in. And it's funny because Mia the whole game was like, "Coach, when can I go in? I want to score some points. I, I, I can help us." 
I was like, well, here you go. Here's your chance. Um, and she goes out, kicks a field goal, bang, 14-3. We go to kickoff, and I'm just like, hey, Peter, I just want you to like kick it as hard as you can right down the middle. So either hit a guy or just squib it. But we want it on the ground, and we want to try to cover that. Peter masterfully like hits one of their guys, like almost dead in the chest with the football, and it bounces off, and Charlie Fergassi jumps on it and recovers it. So we went down, we kicked that field goal, um, and now here we are <laughs> in, a, in a situation where um, where we have the ball back again. Um, we I don't think we end up scoring on that drive, and then we kind of end the quarter, and uh, and so now we're going into the fourth quarter, fourteen to three. Um, at this point, Central's still not trying to score. Like, they're really just trying to kind of, like, melt the clock away. And, and I know at that point it's a mistake. I know it's a mistake because, you know, we have shown all year that we can be an explosive offense. You don't need, We don't need a lot of time to put up points. And so, you know, we're, we're driving in the fourth quarter. We're going the opposite way. And, and, and now we're, we're down to a fourth and nine. And we got to get it. And I remember the D coordinator was like, have you even thought about punting? I was like, No. And it's funny because, like, my wife knew she had called it. She was like, there's no way he's punting here. And um, a good friend of mine, Travis, who works with our D-line, he was just like, people were like, you think he's going to punt? And he was like, no way. And um, there's no way that he's punting on this. And so so people who know me know that this is not this is a non-starter. I'm not punting the ball. And um, so we, we run one of our rollout plays. Um, we complete it to Therese. He gets a first down. The very next play. Um, we run a comeback play, um, and Ishmael catches it, um, shakes off a tackle, goes and scores 10 to 14. Um, there we are. Um, we have another one where we roll out. It's a rollout play. It's a bomb to Therese. And I think actually the one to Therese comes before this. So we, so I have it in backward order. Sorry. We have a rollout. It goes to Therese deep. He jump balls with a guy, basically mosses him, and then scores a touchdown. And then we come back into that sequence. We run to a fourth down. So it's 10, 14 right now. We're we're looking like we need to do it. I trust our defense, but it was really more about that moment of we just need to be aggressive and go. And so we roll out, we score, and now it is 14 to 7. I mean, 14 to 17. We are winning. And now Central has to do something that they're not used to doing, which is now they got to like kind of play from behind because like this whole game they had to lead. And so we end up forcing um, – a final turnover. Peter makes a diving interception. We get out of that game winning 14, uh, 17 to 14. Um, and it was a big win. But that win was so much more important than about winning the game itself. It was about winning our team over, about showing them that we don't have to quit. We can, we will play every second of every game and our opponents have to know that and they have to do that if they want to beat us. And um, it's so about our culture and our community and our team and it was a good team win and it is something that is going to live with me for a long time and I hope it stays with our players. This was one of the best wins that we got all season because it was one that we had to gut out and figure out as a team. So um, I'm going to leave it there. And now we'll take a moment to thank those that support our program and our podcast. Thank you to Meister Orthodontics, your hometown orthodontist. Uh, So many of our players actually go there, from my understanding, so that is really good. You can find them at MeisterOrthodontics.com, or you can go to their location at 1696 Grand Avenue, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55105. 
Also, thank you to Quarry Hill Advisors. They are a fiduciary, fee-only financial planning and wealth management firm. You can find them at QuarryHillAdvisors.com or you can go to their site, 550 Vandalia Street, Suite 311, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55114. Also, thank you to Langford and Carl's Chiropractic, uh, serving St. Paul community since 1996. And you can find them at LangfordChiropractic.com. And you can also find them at 730 Cleveland Avenue South, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55116. Also, we want to say thank you to those that provide team meals. Uh, these team meals are super valuable for our players. It's an opportunity for us to come together, an opportunity for them to get a great meal. And so we're so appreciative. Uh, for this year, we have four set. We're going to have some more, but we want to say thank you to Mike's Tab on the Ave. They have been the best. We hold some of our booster meetings there. They've provided food for our team. They have just done a great job and been a great partner. You can um, order food from them at Mike'sTav.com or you can go to their location at 472 Snelling Avenue South, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, 55105. And here's the thing. Um, they have a little outdoor area. It's really dope. They have really good portion sizes. You should check them out. And, and the servers are really awesome, too. Like every I've had nothing but good experience at that Mike's Tav. The other spot is Groveland Tap, your home away from home. Uh, you can go uh, to grovelandtap.com and order food there, or you can show up to their site, 1830 St. Clair Avenue, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55105. Again, Groveland Tap, same deal. Really good portion sizes, really good food. I love when they use that little parking lot space and they kind of have picnic tables out and umbrellas, and we've had meetings there. And again, their service have been awesome. Food's been good. Management's great. Just honestly, you know, like the same deal with Mike's Tap. Like, Groveland Tap has done a phenomenal job of just being a great partner to us. Um... Um, thank you also to our partner, Tiffany Sports Lounge. Uh, TiffanySportsLounge.com is where you can find them. Um, and you can also go to uh, 2051 Ford Parkway, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55116. Um, and Tiffany Sports Lounge is awesome. We've had a number of uh, coaches' outings after games there. Um, wink, wink. I'd love to do some of podcast stuff there as well, uh, if y'all are listening. Um, but, you know, Tiffany is a definitely a, a community kind of like pillar and uh it's a great place to go great place to hang out good food tvs it, it, the whole nine so definitely check out tiffany sports sports lounge um or you can order food online or you can show it to their spot and then finally uh buca di beppo um and you can go to buca di beppo.com or you can visit their site 2728 gannon road st paul minnesota 55116 same deal buca hooked our team up Lots of pasta, lots of breadsticks, lots of chicken. Just really did a good job of, of supporting. So every single one of these spots has been great. We frequent them. Um, like I said, we hold meetings. We do our outings there. Um, and so we're just so appreciative of them uh, supporting us in the program for the people that have financially supported us and for the folks that are providing meals. Thank you so much. We could not do this without you. Thank you again for listening to the Don't Kick My Cones podcast. Uh, we appreciate you tuning into the episode. If you like it, please share. Tell people about what's going on. Uh, go visit our sponsors. Get engaged with what's going on. Eat at their restaurants. Patronize their businesses. They are awesome for what we're doing. And as always, don't kick my cones.